Hey, this is Evan Black, pastor of Faith for Life Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. If you don't yet know Jesus, I'm so glad that you're listening, and I pray that this message empowers you to give your life to Christ. If you're just starting out on your journey with Jesus, I hope this empowers you to connect with Him. If you're strong in your connection to Christ, I believe this message will empower you to follow Him. So enjoy today's message. For the man and Mr. Key. We need kings today. We need men restored to God. We need men restored to the family. We need men restored to the workplace, to the community, and most of all, to the church. We need men. And I am here today to share about my burden, which is men. I want to express appreciation for yesterday. We had an opportunity to talk to the kings, praise the Lord. And uh, oh, y'all going to get a little more excited than this. <laughs> we had an opportunity to talk to the kings and to help men to understand that the first thing that God did when he wanted to form humanity was to build a foundation. And the foundation that he laid was man. And man is the foundation upon which the family and the community rests. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. Drew, come up here, Drew. I know he didn't expect this. I asked him who he was. He told me, my name is Drew. I spend my time telling young men, listen, not only in you is there a king, in you there is a wife. Uh-oh. In you there is a family. And you must understand that when God wanted to do something, he created a seed. Where God places the seed is important. The seed is in the man. Life is in you. And I want you to understand. I want you to have this because I want you to grow up and become the king you were born to be. Amen. And don't let anybody teach you anything different. Hallelujah. It's amazing, oftentimes, that young men do not hear this message, and they grow up to be somebody they were never born to be. I want to talk for you, with you for a few moments, I'm going right to the word, about the principle of covering, the principle of covering, the principle of covering. I want to use for a text 1 Samuel, chapter 31, verse 7, listen, when the Israelites along the valley and those across the Jordan, saw that the Israelite army had fled and that Saul and his sons had died. They abandoned their towns and fled, and the Philistines came and occupied them. And the Philistines came and occupied them, and the Philistines came and occupied them. The psalmist magnifies this topic of covering by referring to the creator himself. Psalms 91, verse 4, he will cover you, praise God, with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. Everything needs to be covered, but it is our sin nature that draws us away from being covered. This is the reason why children want to be grown. While wives struggle with their husbands 
and why men battle in submitting to God. Everything God created was intended to be covered, and God himself serves as our example because he is committed to covering everything he has created, especially us, mankind. Thank God that he covers us, that he keeps us when we can't keep ourselves. Can I get a witness? There are times when we want to do right. <laughs> uh, we want to do right. Come on, somebody. Uh, but the good that we want to do, we don't do. And the bad that we don't want to do, we end up doing. This, this biblical principle must be taught and understood because anything or any person uncovered is exposed. And we must all be reminded that the enemy still roams around seeking whom he may devour. Like a lion, he seeks the young, the old, the wounded, anyone vulnerable. The devil doesn't like you, and it makes no difference who you are. He just doesn't like you because you're created in God's image, and God has given you something that the devil has lost and can never recover, and that makes him mad at you. In fact, if you really want to know the truth, he was created to worship. His problem was he began to worship himself. And as a result of that, God kicked him out of heaven. He can never go back. The Bible says hell was created for him and all who follow him. And you must be careful that you don't uh, start worshiping yourself. Uh-oh. Oh, oh y'all quiet. <laughs> don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. From a biblical perspective, our point of view, the word cover has three major meanings or inferences. First, cover may denote the ideal of concealment. In Genesis chapter 18, 17 and 18 verses, then the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? For Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation, and all the nations on earth will be blessed through him. Here God shares with Abraham what was previously concealed or hidden. And we must understand that there are things that are concealed or hidden from us that God must uncover so that we will have a revelation of what his will is or what he is about to do. Secondly, cover converse, conveys the ideal of hiding something and can be perceived as negative or positive depending on what one is trying to hide. Proverbs 28, verse 13, He who conceals his sin does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Listen, look at somebody and tell them, you cannot hide sin from God. Just as Adam and Eve, though they tried to hide or cover over their sin, they could not hide from God. Just because you try to cover your sin doesn't mean God doesn't know where you are. And more importantly, you know where you are. That's why when God shows up, oh, y'all quiet. Just ask Achan, who disobeyed God and took up the accursed thing and hid it in his tent at the peril of his wife and family. Hear me, man. Hear me, brother. Listen, if you don't stop sinning for yourself, stop sinning for your sons. You can't hide stuff from God. Thirdly, the word cover may also mean to forgive. Somebody ought to say go, glory. You may not have sinned today already, but God needs to forgive you for yesterday. Amen. Some of us woke up needing to be, <laughs> needing to be forgiven. Here's what the Bible says in Micah chapter 7, verse 19. You will again, notice what he says, again. Because if the truth were told, it's not the first, oh, y'all, come on. It's not the first time. It's not the first time. You will again have compassion on us, and you will tread our sins underfoot 
and hurl our iniquities into the depths of the sea. Somebody ought to praise God right now because the blood will never lose its power. The blood covers a multitude of faults and washes all of our sins away. But there is yet another equally more important definition of this word cover. From the new Merriam Westford Dictionary, it applies to something that protects. Everybody says protects. Our shelters. Everybody say shelters. Something or someone. And this meaning is of critical importance to every human being living on the earth today. Why, preacher, is this so important? I'm glad you asked. It's important because we are not supposed to be ignorant of the devil's devices, his methods, his strategies, his schemes. Lest he gain an advantage over us, the enemy's intent is to use something against you to, do, to cause you to live your life at a disadvantage. God's will is for you to live your life to the full, abundantly. And so we must understand and discern perversion and addictions are only things that the enemy uses to cause you to live beneath your privilege. It's important because the Bible reveals that the thief comes but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And you nor your house is an exception. It's important because the family is under attack. It's important because our culture is trying to undermine biblical institution of marriage. It's important because too many young men think that manhood is a title and fatherhood is an achievement. The devil is a liar. Listen, let me say it again. Everything created was meant to be covered. Help me, somebody. You have a president covering the nation, a governor covering each state, a mayor over the city, and a principal over the school. You need a teacher in the classroom, and God knows you need a pastor covering the... Uh-oh. Hear me, somebody. Without covering, you would have confusion. And don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. Without covering, you would have chaos. Just let the inmates run the prison. Let the students run the school. Let the employees run the business or the military run the government. Please don't let the members run the pastor. I'm sorry, I meant the church. <laughs> and don't talk about children running parents. And please don't let the woman run the man. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I know, I know I'm in trouble. All the brothers just look forward, don't. Just look forward. If you're sitting next to somebody, you just look forward. You just don't let anybody know you know what I'm talking about. But regardless of what you think about it, it's still out of order. Children were not meant to provide covering for their parents, nor was the woman created to cover the man. Somebody's getting this. Listen, God is not the author of confusion. He is not the original of chaos, nor is he the source of disorder. In fact, everything God does is done decently and in order. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Whatever he says, he does, and whatever he promises, he performs. This is the God that we serve. This brings us to our text. But I believe we need to put our text in context. You know the story. 1 Samuel chapter 7, beginning with verse 13b. Throughout Samuel's lifetime, the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines. The towns from Ekron to Gath that the Philistines had captured from Israel were restored to her. And Israel delivered the neighboring territories from the power of the Philistines. And there was peace between Israel and the Amorites. Samuel continued as judge over Israel all the days of his life. But when Samuel grew old, he appointed his sons as judges over Israel. The name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of the second was Abijah, and they served at Bathsheba. But his sons did not walk in his ways. 
They turned aside after dishonest gain and accepted bribes and perverted justice. So all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramoth. You are old, and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint a king to lead us, oh my God, such as all the other nations have. The children of Israel wanted a king like all the other nations. In other words, they did not want God to continue being their covering. Sometimes we forget that it was the Lord that brought us. Oh, Lord, have mercy. It was the Lord that made a way. It was the Lord that opened the door. And sometimes if we're not careful, we'll think we can take credit for what God has done. Oh, you cannot take credit. Only God can do what God does. That's why he specializes in things that are impossible. You may not know what way to go. God will make a way when there is no way. They wanted somebody like themselves to be their covering. Be careful about who you don't want covering you. Hear the word Samuel, God's prophet. I find it amazing that Samuel was the only one who discerned the problem. He had an insight to something that the people missed. And that's why pastors are important because sometimes people, oh Lord have mercy, sometimes even pastors can miss stuff. They wanted somebody like themselves. Samuel, God's prophet, became upset, but it was the Lord who had to remind him that they are not rejecting you, they are rejecting me. Anytime you allow something other than God to cover you, it's a counterfeit. God promised to supply all of your needs. Anytime your needs are met from illegitimate sources, that's sin. You need to call it what it is. God says, I will provide. I will take care of you. The Lord is our shepherd and we, oh, I'm glad you know the scriptures. Hallelujah. So the Lord gave them Saul. Notice he gave them what they asked for. He gave them somebody that was just like them. Somebody that was just like all the other nations. But notice this, notice this. In 1 in Samuel chapter 10 verse 24. They described Saul this way. He was described as a man of great stature. He was a head taller than any of the others. So Samuel said to the people, do you see the man the Lord has chosen? There is no one like him among the people. In other words, he looks like a king. He appears big enough to be a king. And the Bible confirms that all the people shouted, long live, <laughs> Long live the king. Come on, sounds like us. Come on, somebody testify. It's all right. But I came by to remind you that appearances can be deceiving. Everything male is not a man. Everything old is not mature. In every man there is a wife, but he had better learn what it means to be a husband before he gets married. In every man there is a family, but he needs to become a provider before he becomes a father. In every man there is a king, but he needs to learn how to serve before he tries to rule. Uh, you don't want to hear this. Let me attempt to close this message, but allow me to remind you one more time. Everything God created was meant to be covered. You need to listen. 1 Samuel chapter 31 reveals the following, verse 1. The Philistines fought against Israel, and the Israelites fled before them. Verse 2. The Philistines pressed hard after Saul and his sons and killed all his sons, Jonathan, Abinadab, and Malchashua. 
Notice they fought against Israel, but pressed hard after their covering. The enemy is always after covering. This is why the man is under attack and manhood is being sabotaged. This is why the man is missing in action and is more confused about his identity, purpose, authority, and his value than ever before. This is why truth is being questioned. This is why order is suffering. Listen, the Bible confirms that they killed all his sons. Notice this, notice this. When they killed all of his sons, the future covering was gone. Those who would have been king and would have provided protection and shelter and covering were gone. Verse 3, the fight drew furious around Saul and he was wounded critically. Now the present covering is in jeopardy. To make a long story short, you know the story, Saul dies on the battlefield. Don't miss this, Saul, the king, and his sons, heirs, all are dead. What happens when you don't have covering? What happens when the leader is missing? What happens when the king is gone? Well, that draws us back to our text verse, when the Israelites along the valley and those across the Jordan saw that the Israelite army had fled. Listen. And that Saul and his sons had died. They abandoned their families, their towns, and fled. And the Bible says the Philistines came and occupied them. The Philistines came and occupied We need to understand what this looks like. Let's take a moment here and deduce a few lessons from this verse. If the Philistines came and occupied their towns... It implies that they occupied the homes that were in those towns. <laughs> uh, help us, Holy Ghost. And if they occupied the homes that were in those towns, then they occupied the families that were in the homes that were in. Somebody's getting this. This is what it looks like when there is no covering. This is what it feels like when there is no order in our home. And whether we realize it or not, this is the plight that we are facing today in our homes and families. The kings are missing and the men have fled. And the enemy has come to occupy our lands, our cities, our homes, our wives, and even our children. Oh, I'm not making this up. Let me give you a few statistics. 85% of all youth in prison come from fatherless homes. 71% of high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. 70% of youth in state-operated institutions come from fatherless homes. And 60% of suicides by teenagers come from fatherless homes. The greatest epidemic that we have in society today is the absentee father. We have generations of children who are growing up, never have seen, know their father. And we have young men who are growing up with no sense of their very nature, which is the father. Listen, let me illustrate something as I close. Because I want you to be able to see it. I shared this with the men on yesterday. It's a simple principle. If you can't see it, you can't do it. If you can't see it, you can't do it. What do you mean? When I say cat, dog, giraffe, elephant, lion, bear, that only makes sense to you because you get an image for the word. If I were to communicate a word for which you got no image, you would not know. Come on, somebody. You would not know. Would have a clue what I'm talking about. And so it's very important that we understand we don't really communicate in words. We communicate in images. We just use words as containers. And men need to understand this because women see things different. 
You see yourself one way. They don't have, oh, y'all quiet. I will give you an illustration of what I shared with the men. I'll just go ahead and do it. I got a moment. I'll share it with you. We were talking about, well, let me put it in context. When God created man, he left a woman in the man. He put the man in the garden. He taught man about his identity, his purpose, his authority, and his value. None of which come from a woman. Uh-oh. He taught him that before he ever gave him a woman. And we got too many men who think they get that from a sister. No. And some things a sister, oh, y'all quiet, can't do for you. But when it comes to value, we had a young man who came up. I said, how many elbows do you have? He says, I have two. I said, what do they fit? Well, they fit between your wrist and your shoulder. And if you take your elbows and put them in your knee, would they fit? He said, yes, but we said no. <laughs> no, they wouldn't because everything God created fits in an ordained place. And when it fits in the place where it was ordained to be, it makes an ordained contribution. Anything that makes a contribution is necessary and needed, and anything necessary and needed is valuable. And so we share with the men, you can't come home and tell your wife, I'm the man in this house. I'm valuable. She's thinking, you don't fit. You're not contributing. I don't know if you're necessary. How? Oh, y'all quiet, eh? Listen, this is man talk. You can't talk to men like that. You know, yes, you do. Because that's, that's the language a man understands. Because what a man needs to understand when he has a son is that the next woman in his son's life is not going to be his mother. Oh, sisters ought to look at your husband right now. <laughs> oh, we understand that we love the mother in mothers. But we don't want a mother for a wife. Oh, y'all quiet. We don't mind cooking. We don't mind all of that. But brothers, you need to understand something. God created that woman to be a help meet to you, which means she has a vision and a dream. She's a leader just as much as you. And God sent her to complete you, which means that you must have a vision. You must have a goal that includes her. There's a place she must fit in order for that, oh, come on, somebody, for that relationship to work. And if you don't, then don't get mad because she can't find a fit, then she creates her own job. And you interpret that as competition. It's not competition. You are supposed to become one. How can we walk together? Uh, that's a whole nother. I, I got off there. I got off there. Let me give you my illustration. I don't have time to do it, but I want you to see it. Listen. See this, if all of the sisters, all the girls, mothers, daughters, remain in the seats where you are, just remain there. But all of the men, the boys, the sons, got up and surrounded these pews. So around all of these pews would be men, a wall of covering where no enemy could break through, where no enemy could abound. You would be covered. You would be protected. You need to see what it looks like. And men need to understand that because the reality is, I, I illustrate it this way. What's the nature of a woman? Everybody says to nurture, to mother. What's the nature of a man? Everybody says to provide, to protect, to da 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 da. The list goes on and on and on. Can I get a witness? That's not the nature of a man. The nature of a man is the father. But what a man needs to understand, he is supposed to become. All of those things, because that's what she sees. That's what makes sense to her. That's what God created you to be, to become. And too many men have not become what they were born. Ah. 
So we must continue the message. We must awaken the spirit of a king on the inside of men. Because if you destroy the head, you expose the body. And that is what we are witnessing today in the form of the family, in our communities. Listen, I'm done, but I want to do something. Listen. This message is very real. This message is very serious. It is fraught with not only revelation, but sometimes conviction. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying that the Bible tells us you shall know the truth. The truth shall what? Make you free. You need to understand that in the context of the Greek because you can miss it. You shall know the truth. The more truth you know, the more free you become. Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there's a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also invest in helping us empower others to follow Jesus by texting any dollar amount to 512-520-0185. Thanks again for joining us today on the Faith for Life podcast.